preach the gospel to the law. The church began in Jerusalem, as we said it in Acts chapter 2. Shortly after the church, the gospel was spread to Antioch, Acts chapter 11. We also see then it spread into Europe when Paul answered the Macedonian call. We see that happening in Acts chapter 16. Then Paul left Philippi, and it was obvious by the scriptures, after he left Philippi, that he they had their responsibility to share the gospel to the lost and dying world. Those in Philippi, they supported Paul when he went into Thessalonica. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. So we see that they had a great responsibility. They were committed to the gospel. They were committed to sharing with the lost and dying world. Brethren, the congregation in Thessalonica, they understood the great commission. Because when we read that scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, they said, You were examples to all who believe in Macedonia and Achaia, watch it now, because you sounded out the word in every place. You know, we can't be subjective. We can't be discriminatory when we spread the word of God, friend. But I don't know if those people over there need the word of God. I don't know if I can go into that area of town to spread the word of God. Brethren, we cannot be selected when it comes to the scripture says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That is our commandment because when we are taught once again that reciprocal teaching, brethren, we should teach others as well. When you and I, when we fully understand the teaching that comes as part of the Lord's day, Acts 20, verse 7. And as we worship God upon that first day of the week, brethren, there is no greater joy. There shouldn't be any greater joy than that of bringing another person to the Lord. That's right. That's the greatest joy that we can have when we have taught someone year after year, day after day, or minute after minute, when we bring them to the Lord. Claim the gospel. 
the gospel with all of his heart. You have to believe it. You have to trust it. And if we believe it, we're going to trust in it. And if we believe it, we're going to abide in it. And if we believe it, we're going to teach others. Second Timothy 2, 2, once again. But I have to study 2 Timothy 2, 15. To show myself approved of man, no, to show myself approved of God. To be a workman, a workman, to continue to save souls that are lost and not. I don't think anyone is really ready to preach unless Christ and his gospel means more to him than anything else in the world. It's priority, it's number one in our lives. He is not ready to preach in him unless he loves God and man. First John 4, 20 and 21. How can a, a man say he loves God and hates his brother? How can a person love, uh, hate, hate someone who he has seen and love God who he has not seen? You can't love man without loving God. You can't hate man without loving God. If you hate God, or if you hate man, we need to check ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. And brethren, I know there are a lot of people that kind of rubs us wrong sometimes, right? You see some people come and you say, oh, here comes someone. You kind of have to shy the other way. But you have to remember there's a soul there. That person has a soul. Jesus didn't shy away from them, did he? Jesus was in the midst of those people. You know, we we have talked about the, the, the gospel and how it started, but we also need to, I believe, talk about uh, what should we teach? What is to be taught? Well, it's very important that this Bible is taught. In simple terms, we need to teach the truth. Well, what is truth? A lot of people ask me, what is truth? They ask that question. But we need to understand too many, this truth is what works for me. This truth is what benefits me. And I truly believe there are a lot of people who have left the Lord's church because they don't like the truth. They don't like what this mirror reveals to them. Brother, we need to preach this truth, but many don't want to hear it. It's what I prefer. It's what brings me pleasure. Thus, I that people dismiss God's authority, and, and we become our own authority. That's what the world is today. And many in what is called this uh, postmodern world, they don't believe in a divinely revealed truth. And so we have our hands full. We have our task before us. They don't believe that this Bible is divinely revealed. And they believe it is their responsibility to deconstruct and to destroy everything that this Bible stands for. Those are the kind of people that we're going to run up against. They're not all going to be receptive to what we have to say about this Word of God. So there's going to be those kind of people out there, and they believe that we need to tolerate all types of beliefs. And if we fail to tolerate or to uh, to accept these beliefs, then we're bigots. We're prejudiced. We're narrow-minded. We're mossbacks. All those ugly names that 
acceptable. Whatever I believe and whatever I want to do, that's acceptable. And and young people, you're going to be challenged with this in school and around your peers. And you're going to have to be bold enough to stand up for the truth and tell them. And and if you don't know the answer, get someone who does. In that same context, think about this principle. This principle where Paul was speaking to the young evangelist in 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4. He tells Timothy, when you get up there, you need to preach the word. You need to be instant in season. You need to be instant out of season. You need to reprove. You need to rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. Why? That's what Timothy may say. He said, why should I do that? And Paul said, but after they're, 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 they're not going to endure this sound doctrine, they're going to heed after their to themselves their lust. They're going to have, they want teachers because they're going to have itching ears. Teach what I want to hear. Brother, it's sad to say that I believe the Lord's church is suffering from that today because what we preach and teach, a lot of people don't want to hear. And so they go places that will teach those things that they want to hear. And those people will be responsible and accountable for those people who are preaching error. He said, you preach the word, brother. He said, they're going to turn their ears unto fables. So we must, on the first day of the week, preach God's word. We must, on Wednesday night and every other day or night, we must preach God's word. And without uh, any reservation, and without any hesitation, I declare, so must we all. We must declare our trust in God. We must declare our confidence in God and His work. As Peter stated in 2 Peter chapter, uh, 2 Peter 1, 3, he said, God's divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. And it is only because of God being who He is that humanity can possibly have any moral direction. Let me say that again. Because of God and who He is is the reason that man can have any moral direction. He is a God of truth. He is a God without iniquity. He is just and He is right. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4. That's the God we serve. That's the gospel we must teach and preach. So the God of the Bible cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. You know, people want to believe that God is true when it comes to heaven. But when it comes to hell, that's a whole different subject, isn't it? I usually mention to the congregation there in the week that you read the newspaper when someone passes away and everybody goes to heaven. And we know that's not the case. Nobody wants to go to hell. Brother, but we have an opportunity on this side of heaven to take care of that. To make things right. There is a heaven and there is a hell. We need to understand that sometimes as humans we're going to differ. In, in different views of fact, you know, when you're talking to someone or you're trying to teach someone, you're going to have different viewpoints. The brother, that's the reason we need to 
because we're going to continue to learn and evolve and we're going to have more knowledge and more wisdom. So some of those things are going to change. But nothing is made any more or less true because I'm ignorant or I'm prejudiced to the facts. So a person can be ignorant or prejudiced to the fact and they can remain that way or desire to remain that way. It's not going to change this truth of this word of God. So we do have our work cut out for us. We need to understand, as I have previously stated, he said, preach and teach, we must reprove, review, exhort with all those suffering. We've got to preach heaven. We've got to preach hell. We've got to preach heaven, that idea of heaven. That's where we want to go. It carries the idea of giving up these old temporary houses or tents in which our soul is stored to receive a building of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. So it is very important, it's very it's an imperative, brother, that we understand what to teach and how to teach it and when to teach it. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. And sometimes we fall short on the exhortation side. We need to make sure that balanced preaching exists in the congregation in which we attend. Now we go back to the Bible and the conversions. Think about all those conversions in the, in the book of Acts. In every instance of salvation from sin, conversion resulted in something. What did it result in? It resulted in the membership into the of the Lord's church. The church. That was established in Acts chapter 2. Because the word of God and the gospel of Christ, it was preached and it was obeyed by someone in each of these conversions. All of those conversions that you know in the book of Acts, someone had to hear or teach the word of God. And we know in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, we know Peter was preaching. We know in Acts chapter 16, the Preaching 
hindereth me from being baptized. So, brethren, in all of these instances, we see those conversions were the result of preaching and teaching something, God's Word, the Word of God. No other way. You know, Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey, they urged and exhorted the Christians to continue in the faith, Acts 14, 22. What was the continuing in the faith? Continue teaching. Continue to exhort those brethren. Paul encouraged the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, 32. He was about to leave. They didn't want to see him leave, but he said, I commend you to God and something else and to the Word of God. I commend you to God but you have to stick to this Word of God. Adhere to this Word of God. Because he told them that some of you amongst yourself, you're going to do some things contrary to the gospel and you're going to have people to turn away from Christ. We see that today in the Lord's church, do we not? Sad to say about the elderships in many congregations today. I enjoy being an elder. It's tough work, it's long work, it's hard work. But you know what? If God didn't think it could and could happen and be accomplished, it wouldn't have been instituted. He knew that elders and men could do that. And young men and young men, we need to aspire to be elders in the Lord's church. We need more elders in the Lord's church. You know, everything that one needs to know about the gospel and how to be saved from sin, it is in the gospel. Everything you need to know about the Lord's church, it is in this Bible. Everything you need to know about acceptable worship and how to live a faithful life as set forth in the written word of God is in this Bible. Second right. Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, that's all. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. These scriptures are God-breathed. It is profitable for doctors. It's profitable for reproof and correction. And it's profitable for teaching or instruction as well. When something is profitable to us, brother, we should take advantage of it. We need to take advantage. So the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Good works. So we need to make some applications, I believe, this evening. When the Lord's church, that's us, when we realize the heavy responsibility as the church as a pillar and ground of truth, when we realize that great responsibility, then and only then will every good and honest soul be blessed, each one of us, when we realize that great privilege. That will be the case, brethren, when we when, when they hear the word and embrace the gospel, and when the seed of the kingdom is spread amongst the world, when the seed that God put forth, the seed is the word of God. You know, some seed fell on 
in the parable, some fell on the thorny ground, the wayward soul, and the uh, rocky. There are going to be times when we are preaching and teaching someone that we may not baptize them or they may not become a Christian. The fact that Jesus from crying, there's different types of soil out there. There are different hearts out there. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The seed is good. But there are going to be people that we will come in contact with. They're going to reject what we're proclaiming. And we need to expect that because Jesus told the apostles, some of you are going to be rejected. Not everyone's going to want to hear what you're proclaiming. We need to understand an obligation. We have just as much of an obligation to teach those who may not obey and to those who may obey. So as I stated before, we cannot be subjective in saying these people or this community or this area of town, there's no need of going over there because they're not going to adhere to the gospel. Really, we can't do that. Going to all the world, all the world and preach the gospel. You know, Jesus preached the gospel to the world beginning with how many men? Twelve. Twelve men. We have a congregation here of 40 or 50. We have a congregation of 30 or so in Lincoln. And sometimes people, they wait for an organized church program. Let's have an organized church program on evangelism and studying the Word of God. That's good. So don't leave here today and say, Brother Hunt said we shouldn't have an organized church. I didn't say that. That's good. But brother, if we don't have an organized church program, I have to be able to go out and do it on my own. And I can do it on my own. So if I use the excuse, well, well, we just don't have an organized program. And God has given me the talent and abilities to do that, I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to be accountable to that. And I want to urge each one of us this evening, we need to begin all efforts of teaching and preaching the gospel by praying. Praying every day. We need to pray to God that he will continue to provide the wisdom and knowledge that we gain through studying of his work. And we need to pray that God will use us up, all the way up, to the, for the call of Christ and the church. And we need to pray, I may fail, God, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to make fail. Some may slam the doors in my face, in my face, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to go next door to, to, to the next home. And in closing tonight, we need to understand God has no other plan to save his people but by the gospel and by me and you teaching the gospel. That's the only plan yet. So if that plan fails, if we fail, the plan's not the fault. If, if I fail to teach it, then the world and the 
the kingdom of God from the death of Christ pretty much has lost its meaning to me. I share it with the congregation and with Lincoln quite, quite often. The idea of many but few. Sometimes we look around, there may be eight or ten people there on Wednesday night, and sometimes on Sunday night, about eight or ten people. And we need to be encouraged, and I always say, brothers, we're not alone. We have some brothers up here in Hulagot. We have some brothers over there in Sepulpa. We have some brothers over there in Muskogee. We have some brothers all around the world. We're not alone. We may be few in this congregation, but we're not alone. So we need to continue to be encouraged and understand the obligation that we have to preach the truth and the gospel. On that day of all days, good people, on that great day, on that great day of judgment, we're not going to be judged on what we thought about a matter. We're not going to be judged on how we felt about a matter. We're not going to be judged on what mom and daddy thought about it. We're not going to be judged by the majority of the other people. The Pope, the priest, some people's pastors. We're not going to be judged on those things. What will be important to you and I on that day? What did the Lord say about it? What did God say about it in His Word? What did He tell us to do? What did He tell us to teach? How did He tell us to teach? Such being the case, it behooves all of us today and from this point forward. We need to teach the gospel. We need to study the gospel. We need to know the will of God that we will be able to, as Paul tells the young evangelist Timothy from the beginning, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, you go and proclaim this word to others who will be able to teach others as well. Reciprocal teaching. Brethren, the lesson would be incomplete if we didn't teach how one must become a child of God. We have to teach that every time we get before our congregation or a group of people. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God and have heard the Word of God. Romans 10 17. I have to believe this Word of God. Faithfulness. It comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God, I have to believe it. Once I get to the point of hearing it and believe it, if I'm not a Christian, I'll come to the realization, I pray to God that they will, that when I look into this Bible, I will say, you know, I'm not living in accordance to this word of God. And if I'm not living in accordance to this word of God, because I'm walking contrary to God, I need to turn and walk in the direction that God wants me to walk. I need to repent from 13 to 3. I need to repent of my sins. I need to be bold enough and courageous enough when I repent of my 
10, 9 and 10. The scripture says, If I am embarrassed to confess Christ here on earth, he will not confess us before a Father who is in heaven. Salvation is almost ready to the point of one as a Christian, but there's still something we all must do. We must be baptized for the remission of sin. The same way they did on the death of Acts 2.38, Galatians 3.26-27. And I told Saul at that time, Acts 22.16, What are you waiting for? Get up! Arise and be baptized. Washing away thy sins. Calling on the name of the Lord. That's it. And you don't join the church. We don't vote you into the church. Acts 2 47, and the Lord adds you to his church. What church? The church of Christ. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. The work begins. Be thou faithful unto death. Unto death. Even to the point of dying for Christ. What about you this evening? Are you subject to the Lord's invitation? Have you been remiss in doing those things that God would have us to do? What a great opportunity to make things right with God today. We will pray with you and pray for you. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, I need the prayers of the congregation. We ask that you come now as together we stand in the same song.